and Danny talks about a podcast within a podcast for people who like podcasts. You can have podcasts when there's no podcast. I'm Danny, and I'm going to talk about something today. Uh, this is a podcast that is in the middle of nobody special, and it tends to be because either Caleb and I can't get our schedules together, and we try and get out something at least once every two weeks, or just stuff happens. Honestly, uh, a lot's happened. We will explain that at some point. A lot of cool stuff has happened. We will get to explaining that, but I'm not even sure if this will come out based on um, when Caleb and I are going to get together. So, uh, But do enjoy it because I'm going to talk about a thing that is really near and dear to my heart. It is Spooktober, uh, which is what I call October when I'm trying to sound cooler than I actually am. And Spooktober is this time of, of a, a, as quick as it gets to October... People go nuts for Halloween, uh, and and all things have this decidedly scary, spooky theme to them. Um, everything changes to orange and black, and all things become scary, even if they're not actually scary. Now, I know a, a good amount of us tend to complain about Christmas creep, but Halloween's getting a free pass on all things, and I think that's largely unfair to everything going on. Uh, people start putting up Halloween decorations early in October. But to be fair, Halloween decorations are, or sorry, Christmas decorations are starting to come out in stores, so maybe Christmas creep is a real thing. So just to be clear on my stance, for Halloween, you get two weeks prior. That's it. Uh, you're allowed to start putting up decorations, I I guess, in in mid-October, and then they have to come down pretty quick after, just because there's other things going on. Thanksgiving is coming up, maybe decorate for that. If the Halloween decorations are still up by Thanksgiving, you've done it wrong. Uh, Christmas decorations, for me, the thing that marks the beginning of Christmas time is the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, ironically, and uh, after uh, Chris Kringle passes by at the end. At that point, you're allowed to put up Christmas decorations. Now, granted, these aren't actual things, and I don't really care enough to debate any of them, so take that how you will. Um, so so to be fair to Christmas and and Halloween, October, I guess, is Spooktober, and here we go. Um, but don't worry, though. Speaking of those two holidays, don't be concerned. Dr. Fau- uh, the, the news has said that Dr. Fauci is okay if people go trick-or-treating, and he'll let us know about Christmas. And if you don't understand the problem in that sentence, um, yeah, I can't help you. Uh, that's a bonker statement, but uh, we'll come back to Dr. Fauci in just a minute. Um, and also, to be fair, a lot of that is uh, misquoted or or the in quote, it was embellished a bit, but still not as much as would be deemed appropriate for someone who is a health official to say we can or cannot gather. Um, that's weird. But in October, the general s- sense of spookiness is felt very heavily in streaming services. Um, most of the streaming options they've they've given these uh, alternative to things from uh, baking programs that are now spooky baking programs. There's a name, and I forgot to write it down because I forgot to check, but there's a baking program geared towards kids that takes place in a haunted house and involves puppets. And I can't wrap my head fully around that, but actually it was pretty good. Um, it was a better baking program than it was a uh, um, 
spooky it, it was it was weird they mixed a lot of things but they made spooky treats and if it had just been that it would have been a lot better but they tried to bring in this like oh, but there's a spooky guest outside but i don't know go check it out i guess that one's on netflix i think But overall, this isn't just a thing that's geared towards adults. It's geared towards uh, children also. There are streaming programs that are offering, offering specific programs for people to binge through all throughout Spooktober um, in order to get their, their fill of scares, creeps, spooks, and the generally weird and upsetting imagery. Um, probably the thing that has uh, st stood out the most to me because I've spent the last few weeks binging through a few of these is just how dead I feel inside at feeling nothing at these scary movies. I had a friend try to get me into the conjuring movies and just overall um, understanding scripture in the way that I do. I'm staring at those going like, oh yeah, that's not how that works. Um, and are they scary? I see how they might be scary, but to me they were just kind of funny. So I'm not really sure what that says about me. I'm concerned about what it says about me, but it says something about me. We haven't figured out what that is, but we'll see from there. Um, Conjuring 3, did watch it, kind of funny, made me laugh. Um, and then it was just a generally, they were trying for something spooky, and it just, it made me laugh because of how ridiculous it was, and how they tried to guise everything under this, based on a true story, which it is, but... It's based on a true story that's been verifiably proven to be false time and time and time again. Anyway, speaking of Netflix, though. Well, no one said Netflix. Conjuring was on HBO. My bad. Um, but it is out now. Uh, Conjuring 3, Haunting of Hill House, all these things are out on HBO, I believe. Uh, but uh, uh, to start off, uh, Netflix put out their annual spooky production that they dumped a lot of budget money into called Midnight Mass. Now, to be clear, I've only gone through the first three or f f four episodes of this, mainly because for the first two and a half, nothing happened. Like, nothing happened other than some birds died on an island. It's about this small town on an island that is pretty insulated and boring, and people hate it, but they're still there because they've always been there. And then their priest goes... A missing and a new priest comes in to take his place. Why is it a priest? Because it's always a priest. No one is positive why it's always a priest, but it's always a priest. And for once, I was hoping that the priest, he would do just like good things and be the hero. And for two and a half, uh, two and a half episodes, he actually was. He uh, led the congregation faithfully. He handled a worship Karen, which it's actually, it was... <laughs> I'm being uh, diminutive, but that's exactly what happened. Someone's like, I think your chasuble's supposed to be green. It's ordinary time. And he said, yep. Yeah, I couldn't find it, though, so I put one on. He's like, well, let me know. And that was the most realistic thing to happen in that entire uh, uh, episode. But for um, also another character, a miracle occurs. And people, they get their faith back for two and a half episodes. And then... From what I can tell, there's a monster on an island, and it's a vampire, and it bites him, and now he can't do mass during the day. And it's eventually going to end in his doing a midnight mass, but he's eating people. All right. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. Um, 
and he's he's a main character. The main character is a man who was an alcoholic, got in a car crash, killed a person, and just got out of jail and is trying to find his faith, his identity, and everything coming back home. He doesn't claim to be a Christian, uh, but his parents do make him go to church because it's a small island and he just got out and he just got out of the clink. So um if it would it, it tended to be this character driven kind of spookiness to it of just things moving so slow that there's this anticipation of something happening the whole time. And as much as I appear to be making fun of it, it wasn't bad. Uh, the first f- 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 four episodes, they're not bad. The pacing isn't this like jump scare trying to fight a monster thing. It's actually trying to deal with the demons that are inside of all of us. Of of this idea of, of trying to be good or do good but have these urges inside of us. And, and to be honest, I kind of appreciated it con- uh, despite its slow pace. Every y- year, Netflix tends to put out a... Uh, program at about this pacing of it's it's about the slow build towards a conclusion and instead of an eight episode uh, program it's an eight hour movie and I think that's the best way of understanding it is through that but it was pretty decent Uh, got a lot of language got a lot of blood especially in episodes three and four Um, I do plan on watching it it was just so slow and I needed something to playing the background, and it just kept drawing in the anticipation of it that I couldn't keep up. Uh, but it was a good drama, good character pieces, and it, I am interested in it because there's some good questions that are coming out of it. To be clear, I'm not claiming people need to watch this or that it's okay. That's a thing that y- y- you have to think through and pray through because of the spiritual type of a nature to it. Um the only complaint I have is the same that the priest, the pastor, is ending up being the bad guy because, of course, he is. And it tends to be the same thing of, oh, the priest doesn't actually know. He's a bumbling fool. And um, although he starts off good, he ends up killing someone. And just it's a whole must we always pick on the priest? Can't there be a pastor who for once just does his job? well and is like it wasn't me and they find out and he's inconsequential to the story i would love that show it would be so funny to me because every time a pastor comes in it's like oh he's gonna do something wrong and that's how all of us view pastors now but netflix didn't just put out things for adults they actually are putting out programs for children also and that is until they understood Squid Game was making them bank, so they changed all their advertising money to put into Squid Game. Now, uh, just as a side note, not in my notes, there is a, a Christian kind of, a kind of service, I believe it's called Vivid Angel, uh, that takes programs and, and edits the content so people can choose to either watch or don't watch specific kinds of content. And they're offering to um, a v- version of Squid Game people can watch that doesn't have the violent content. And I'm tempted to go buy an account on VidAngel to see how long Squid Game is because I imagine it's only six minutes. How did you do that? I need to know. Let me know in the comments, please. I need to know how you did this. But Netflix is offering programs for kids. Uh, the best I've I was able to pull up it was Are You Afraid of uh, of the Dark? Old people close to my age, yeah, that's right, I said it. Old people, um, you'll understand this to be a 
reboot of the early 90s program on on Nickelodeon that I was not allowed to watch because it was too spooky, uh, despite the fact that it came on at 8 p.m. Um, now, I know the thing that you're asking, if it started on Nickelodeon, why is it on Netflix and not on the Paramount app? Because no one is using the Paramount app. Sorry. Or they bought the privileges to it. I don't really know. But... Um, but, but all this to say, it's a reboot, kind of, it's a continuation, it's not really sure, uh, it's a continued story of, of a group of people called the Midnight Society that gets together to tell spooky stories. Now, in this, it, it, it tends to focus on a girl that moves into town, is, is kind of a new person, and is into scary movies, and and this group of kids, they find out. They talk to each other, and they decide to initiate her into the Midnight Society. So they um, uh, put a a cloth over her head, tell her to meet them in the woods at midnight, put the cloth o- over her head, lead her to a campfire. They're all w- w- wearing masks, and they make her tell them a scary story. And this is her initiation. If the story is scary... They'll give her permission to stay and take off their masks and show their identity. And part of the thing is you can't tell anyone about the Midnight Society. Okay, fine. It's kind of Fight Club, but all right. Now, at the time as a kid, I thought this it was kind of a cool idea of thing like, oh, the Midnight Society, they get together, they tell scary stories, and they go home, and ooh, kind of neat. Uh, now, to be clear... This felt more acceptable in the 90s, but now as a person who's 36, and it being 2021, um, and also in the 90s, the teens, they were played by people in their 20s, basically, so so it didn't feel as creepy now. But for people in the teen age, starting at, we'll go down to eight, I don't know, any child, if a group of people tell you to meet them in the woods at midnight, but that you have to be blindfolded to get there and not know their identity, I cannot say this enough, do not do this thing. This is a trap, and it's generally horrifying, so do not do this, this is a bad, and it's going to end badly. Uh, (laughs) You should not be in the woods all alone at midnight, with a group of people you don't know. This is like basic safety things. And if there's a problem in me saying that, you're wrong and I don't really care what you say. Uh, so, but kind of despite the blatant don't do that of the midnight kind of society, it was actually pretty decent and, and entertaining as far as the program goes. Um, in order for scary stories to be scary, they have to actually trigger something in a person that they can connect to. Uh, and, and I know that sounds crazy because most of these things are about vampires, aliens, abductions, all, 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 all these kinds of things that none of us have any connection to. But for a scary story to actually be scary, it has to prey on our, on, on our own insecurities and ideas. And this is a thing that Are You Afraid of the Dark actually did really well. They, they understood that the point it was to to delve into an actual fear of a person and tell it through a uh, kind of a metaphor and add a scary clown. Um, in in the program, there's a, a, a person that's scared of, of um, sorry, in, in the girl's story, the story's about a girl that's m- also moving to a new town and is scared of being alone. And so um, 
they create this kind of situation where no one believes her and it makes her kind of an outcast. And that's scary. And not because the clown is scary, although the clown was actually kind of scary, but because of this kind of a fear in all of us that, that I'm, I could be understanding of a danger and no one takes it seriously and that I'm out on my own. Oh, they actually talked about this a bit in in the program that the the relatability of it is the thing that makes it scary and not the scary things that jump out. And overall, the writing of this program, it was good. It was intentional. They did great things and they had a good cast. Um, that that took time to to craft a story, and uh, a different than it's a, a '90s counterpoint. They added some twists and turns along the way that I, to be honest, kind of appreciated. And then the and then finally, there's Disney Plus, the uh, the studio that brought us the Fauci documentary. That at this point, I want to be clear, has um, a critical review of ninety one percent. For critics and for people that actually watched it, a 2%. Uh, Disney Plus put that out, and that's probably been the scariest thing they've put out just because of how many times people have said, this is propaganda. This definitely feels like propaganda. It meets all the definitions of propaganda. Anyway, though, uh, Disney Plus put out a few episodes of Just Beyond based on the books by R.L. Stein, who gave us goosebumps, literally and figuratively. I put that joke down. It wasn't funny as I first typed it. It's not funny now. But it, but R.L. Stein is the author of of the Goosebumps books geared towards young young adults, and there are sixty two of them. I was never allowed to read them again. Too spooky. Uh, still haven't because I'm an adult now, and buying those would seem like a colossal waste of money. But of the scary things I was pulling up, this was probably the most disappointing, mainly because of the blatant indoctrination that occurred in in the middle of it. Um, from the studio that brought us the Fauci documentary, gives us a, an opening of a five-minute um, uh, emphasis on climate change, global warming, and all these things that actually don't have anything to do to the story, but just paint this picture of a child that's grown up and, and actually understands, and parents just don't understand because... Because cause truth now, she knows the truth, that the world is a horrible place. And the consequences of, of this are they try and brainwash this out of her uh, by by just turning her into a complicit me- uh, member of the w- world that doesn't care about climate change or anything else anymore. Um, the story wasn't good. It didn't, it didn't connect. The writing felt lazy and to be honest in the two episodes i watched they 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 kept trying to to uh, uh to shoehorn in this climate change aoc's green new deal type of thing into all all the episodes in places that it just didn't make a lot of sense there the, the, there was also this theme of parents are stupid and don't understand and i've grown because i agree on this thing i'm now smarter than my parents and we all know that there are educators out there that have decided to try and do that to children. Um, and that's probably the scariest thing that's come up culturally in the past few months. Uh, teachers are attempting to, well, sorry, to be clear, n- not all teachers, but during the time it happens, it's happening pre- pre- pretty egregiously of trying to essentially um, 
uh, uh, there's the chemistry teacher that uh, straight up told their their children that they they are an, an LGBT activist, that they think their parents are dumb, that their parents are dumber than they are, and that they need to be the smart people and agree with her. Well, this is indoctrination. She's a chemistry teacher, and none of the things in her 10-minute tirade had anything to do with any kind of chemistry. Um, they're there to get the education of chem of chemistry, but if they're unable to do that, then that teacher needed to be fired. And as I understand it, is no longer employed in that uh, school. Granted, I did a little digging. Should have happened a while ago, but okay, whatever. Um, but both the 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 program just beyond on Disney Plus did keep trying to cram in these things of trying to make this conversation normal. Um, it it isn't that they were, were the focus of of the program, but they were a part of it. And, and they did tend to skew towards that because of, of putting it in there in a place that isn't a place to be able to question it. And, and that to me felt the most dangerous, but on top of that, the stories, they were unimaginative. The writing felt lazy and, um, there were plot holes and it just, it was boring. Uh, -huh. So it didn't make a lot of sense, I guess, because I'm not a child. That's probably okay. But if I was a child, this would I, I feel as if we can do better in creating entertainment instead of just cranking out random drivel um, that just isn't good. It wasn't good. That's kind of my point. Um, so so it didn't touch that part of a person that it, they could connect. It got oddly political and. Um, delve into weird topics it just didn't make a lot of sense but this is to be expected during halloween because everyone gets on that scary spooky seo band wagon in fact this episode is is based primarily in trying to get on that seo spooky scary halloween bandwagon because if i say those terms enough i'm actually able to put them in kind of the search history so the people they'll be able to get here by typing those things granted no one will type those things but whatever it's where we are and Halloween is often considered this time that uh, spooks and scares can come out, and there's an odd emphasis on death. Yet, for the Christian, uh, there there are two common issues in focusing on on this, and and to be honest, in our understanding of the demonic, um, the two issues in this are people tend to a either dismiss the uh, uh, the demonic in its entirety. Or B, overemphasize it as this controlling thing over all the things. Um, these are the two ditches of demonic activity that Christians tend to fall into. And in truth, you kind of have to understand their actual job and actual thing they're trying to accomplish in order to best understand the, the way to fight them. Um, in Luke 11, 24-26, tells us this. When the unclean spirit had gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest and, and finding none. It says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house swept and put in order. And then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself. And they enter and dwell there. 
and the last state of the person is worse than the first. So the first thing is you have to take the spiritual actually as as present. Uh, to claim that there is no spiritual influence is a misunderstanding of Scripture and in in just this kind of a notion of well I'm I'm a civilized person now therefore there there are n- no demonic influences. Well, that's not true. Uh, all throughout Scripture, there are instances of, of people that are possessed by demons, that they're, there's the unclean spirits. And even scripturally, it tells us that our battle isn't against flesh and blood, but against darkness and principalities and all the spiritual forces of the dark world. That that's our battle. And, and, and to claim then that it isn't that because I'm a civilized person and I believe in science, uh, TM, Nacho Libre, uh, <laughs> It, it uh, to say that is it just kind of diminishes this entire realm and makes us able to be easier attacked because we don't actually think it exists in the first place. If I'm trying to sneak up on a person, the first thing I do is I try and convince them I'm not there. And and to those that don't take it seriously, that's actually quite easy. If I don't think demons are a thing, then I'm not going to be expected to be tempted by spiritual forces of darkness. On the other end, though, um, are those that tend to take it too seriously. There's those that claim every single bad thing, it occurs because of a demon. Car doesn't have gas. Demon, well, demon did it. Uh, Devil tried to... To make me late for work. No, you just forgot to put gas in the car. Um, a bad thing occurs. It must be the devil. In in, I'm not gonna claim all the times it is or all all the times it isn't. But a lot of the time, it's just us giving own, uh, giving into our own desires of the flesh. I think that's the m- a more important part of understanding that the demonic is tempting us, but isn't actually taking our hand and making us do it. Especially to the Christian. To the Christian, there there isn't this concept of a demon able to enter a person that the Holy Spirit is also in, and they're just cozying up on the couch together. It doesn't exist. It it doesn't happen. The devil didn't make me do it. I may have been tempted, but in an ultimate kind of a sense, I'm the one who chose to do it. And so, so so there's this idea of. Any bad thing that occurs is because of the demonic, but in actuality, any bad thing occurs is the the result of the fall and of sin. I can blame more things on that, I think, than I can on the demonic. The demonic, I mean, these are are powerless, homeless angels that have fallen from heaven and and have been kicked out because they rebelled against God. So their authority is essentially that they have none. There is no authority they hold. And by trying to apply all these things to them, it gives them more power than they actually have. If I'm in Christ, then there's an understanding that that is the only thing that matters. And the authority I have comes from Christ. My strength comes from Christ. All these things that I may be scared of are in Christ, inconsequential as king over all things. So then there's this idea of how do we handle demons then? Because they are an actual thing. They are a spiritual 
occurrence that does come up. They are biblical. These are things that do happen. And, and, and especially during this time of Halloween where they tend to be glorified, I think the best understanding of them is to just cast them out and to focus on Christ. You know, going back to the passage in Luke 11, um, actually prior to that, it's talking about just casting out a demon in Jesus' name. Um, and, and I think that's the more important part is casting them out in Jesus' name and then putting our attention on being in Christ. There was a, a place, IHOP, not International House of Pancakes, but International House of Prayer. At a point, they had to put out a memo or a policy that they would no longer be allowing people to come to their worship events uh, with katanas. Now, that's a weird sentence that no one ever thought they would have to say, but here we are. Uh, apparently, there was an issue that people there bring katanas to fight the demons as they were worshiping. Uh, this created some immediate problems because people were swinging katanas. Now, at no point in scripture does it tell a person to swing the katana at the demon to cast them out. In fact, it's actually just that. In Jesus' name, you cast them out, and then you move on. Uh, uh, our, our job isn't demon slayer. It just isn't. That is a joy that Christ will partake in in the final day. That Christ comes back and it appears to be, oh, we're set up for a big battle. And although it's a big battle, it's just not that big. It's Christ comes and says no, and all the demons are cast into the fiery lake of burning sulfur. And that's it. And that's a joy and a privilege that Christ has and is going to partake in because it's Christ. To... to uh, to think that I'm behind this in my own strength is a, a misunderstanding of what it means to be in spiritual battle. Instead, our goal then is is kind of the same as it's been even during times of spiritual attack and during times of non-spiritual attack. Bring all things to Christ, put things before him, and pray in the name of Jesus. Scripture doesn't tell us to fight off the demons with katanas, but to actually rest in the strength of God and trust in Him. We don't focus on death appealing to this kind of um, uh, uh, glorification of the dead, but focus on coming out of the dead into life. We don't chase down demons and expect to fight them, but we chase down Christ and expect to be in, in His presence. The safest place I'm able to be is in the presence of God. And during times of temptation that do come, uh, that they are present, I'm able to stop and say, is this in Christ or not? And this is a relief because if I have to add demon hunter to my job description uh, or, or to any part of this, then I'm ultimately going to fail. We don't need to concern ourselves against trying to eliminate the demonic threat because Christ has already declared the victory. I do put on the full armor of God to be able to stand up against the attacks, but in ultimate kind of a sense, the battle is won by Christ. And if I'm going off out of the presence of Christ to do this because I think I need to, then I'm missing the point of being in Christ. 
the demons wander and they're homeless. It, and and even if I cast a thing out, if I don't put in Christ in there, they come back stronger. And this is kind of a difference between not having a negative and and actively having a positive. Um, even if all the demons are cast out, a person still isn't complete because that part that they they uh, they need Christ in is still missing. Even if all the demons are out, they will just come back. And so our goal then isn't to fight the demons, but to be in the presence of Christ. If I'm in, in the presence of God and fulfilled by his spirit, the, the, the demonic kind of just takes care of itself. The Holy Spirit and demons can't be in the same place because God is infinitely holy and perfect. If I'm going to, if if I'm trying to to battle temptations, battle demons, battle the spiritual forces of darkness, I put on the armor that is of God. I don't put on the armor that is of Daniel Burton. I put on the armor that is of God. When we have the full presence of Christ and the Holy Spirit in us, the demons just don't stand a chance. They're unable to actually do anything because they are homeless, wandering, jobless, and powerless. And Christ has already given us the victory on the cross. On that cross, the spiritual forces of darkness were defeated. The debt is paid, and our, our inability to come home was gone. But it's Christ who came first. Christ came first to offer us that grace. He, uh, Christ took our punishment on himself and ascended to, uh, to the Father and advocates on our behalf to God. This is our focus then. And for Halloween, as tempting as it may be to focus on the dead and, and the celebration of things that the Bible says to not actually even participate in, it's important to understand that the dead is isn't the important part, but the coming out of the dead to life. And for Halloween, I can focus on that. Uh, I can focus on the coming out of the dead to life and proclaim gospel in the midst of a situation that, that people are stuck on the dead. I can stop and be there and say, hey, a thing greater than the, the dead are the living and those that will never die because they are in Christ. Well, we want to hear from you. Have we? I want to hear from you. Uh, are there any streaming programs that y- you've been able to check into that are kind of interesting or kind of um, disappointing as far as Spooktober is concerned? Again, I say that ironically. Kind of. I use it a lot. Not really sure. Uh, but we want to hear from you, and there's a couple places to do that. The first is to go to thegospelatpost.com slash special. There's a form at the bottom of the page. You fill it out or just say hi. A couple people did that for the previous episode. Hi, I loved it. Thank you so much for the feedback on Squid Game. Um, it was fantastic, and I enjoyed I actually enjoyed going through that, and there was some good things that came out of that. Um, challenged me on a few things also to kind of think through a bit more, but... Overall, I was very pleased with it. Uh, also, be sure and go to our Facebook and Instagram at Nobody Special Podcast, um, and and give us a like, give us a share, give us a follow, give us all the things. These podcasts come out on Friday at six thirty a.m. for audio, and on YouTube at eleven, I think. 
just in time for lunch uh, <laughs> on YouTube if you're interested in watching me do this instead of just hearing me do it. Um, that's an option that you have. Bless you if you're doing it. Uh, other than that, I'm also blogging at thegospeloutpost.com. We're going through a series on sin because, again, it's Spooktober, and I picked the spookiest thing I could think of, which is sin. Uh, and after that, Advent's coming up, so there's Christmas things coming up, and some other projects that are in the hopper we're working on trying to grow the team a bit more as well. So um, those are things coming up, and we would l- love y- y- your input for topics that y- 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 you're interested in growing in, either through blogs, articles, books, podcasts, or anything. So uh, yeah, well, that's going to do it f- f- for us today. I'm Danny, and this is Danny Talks About, episode number six, Spooky Streaming Shows. Mm-hmm.